Recording in progress, it said. Yes, I got it on this side, too. All right. So, are you ready? I'm ready whenever you are. Are you ready to talk Hallmark movies? I am so ready to talk Hallmark movies. <laughs> well, welcome to our untitled Hallmark Channel movie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Season's greetings, and welcome to the as-of-yet untitled Hallmark Channel Movie Podcast, hosted by Dan Kostelik and Eleonora Thomas, sponsored by no one, as we have yet to seek out any sponsors. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, reach out to us. Now, get ready for episode one, the most wonderful time of the year. Here are your hosts. Dan and Eleonora. I'm Eleonora Thomas. I'm Dan Kostelik, and we like Hallmark. We do, and we're here <laughs> on our untitled podcast to uh, talk about Hallmark Channel movies, specifically Hallmark Channel Christmas movies, but that could change seasonally. <laughs> if Hallmark decides to come out with a President's Day film, we will be there to talk about it with you. When Hallmark Channel is here to talk about your Memorial Day start of summer fun, we will be here to talk about it with you. And when Hallmark decides to come up with something for Grandparents Day, we will also be here to talk about it with you and your grandparents, because we, like everybody of all generations, enjoying hokey love stories. (laughs) Indeed. Oh, man. Especially when the love story barely happens and only gets sandwiched in in the final 10 minutes of the film very true which i think happened in one of our selections from the past in one of our six in one of our six it totally happened (laughs) so this week we're going to be discussing uh the six movies that have been premiered in the past two weeks in hallmark's countdown to christmas we're getting a little late start on our season since uh the hallmark christmas season starts before halloween We decided to wait until after Halloween to record our first podcast. So this week, the selections are You, Me, and the Christmas Tree with Danica McKellar. Uh, Boyfriends of Christmas Past. (laughs) With the Um, Santa Stakeout. Christmas in Harmony with not Beyonce, but Michelle Williams. And there's a Beyonce joke in there. So that was nice. (laughs) And not Michelle Williams of... uh, Oh, goodness. What was that movie? Dawson's Creek fame. Dawson's Creek fame. But no, Michelle Williams, the singer. Um, And then Coyote Creek Christmas. And then finally, Christmas Sale with two sci-fi icons, Terry O'Quinn and Starbuck. So this is fantastic. And yet that's the one that you slacked on, Dan. I couldn't stay up. I'm sorry. And by couldn't stay up, I mean I couldn't wait until the middle of the night to watch it on its second run through because I was doing stuff because it premiered on Halloween night and I was dealing with trick-or-treating, so. That's acceptable. I will accept that. And until Hallmark comes out with a true Halloween movie, uh, that might be the situation that we're in. Indeed, but they do like premiering movies on Halloween for Christmas. So I... I respect that. That's a baller move. They are leaning into the earlification, let's call it. The ever early-ing? Earlier? Earlier? Earlization? That's an actual word. Earlization. Earlization. The the transference of the calendar (laughs) up to uh, making Christmas as early as possible. Because at some point... Next year's Christmas will just simply start before this Christmas is even over. So Well, during the pandemic it started well, April? I April or May they started. When last Hallmark year. decided that we absolutely needed some sort of joy in our lives while we were completely isolated from everyone else, they said, Here, have some Christmas. They were pushing those movies out like a factory. And, you know, bless them for it that was amazing i brought joy to my life there was joy in the world they brought joy to the world that is what they did (laughs) 
Well, speaking of joy to the world, let's get to talking about these selections from this week uh, or these last two weeks. And I feel like that's a nice segue into uh, Christmas Harmony, Christmas in Harmony. You want to talk about that one first? You want to talk about them out of order? Well, I don't know. You said joy to the world and it made me think of music (laughs) and (laughs) harmony, music. Okay, fine. We can go in order. My OCD I love listeners it. will want it to be in order, so we should you, do it in you order. Know, you know what? Before we even do that, um, and I, I really think we should start at least this first episode. This first episode, which shouldn't see the light of day, but oh dear heavens, it will. We are putting <laughs> it out there for you. Uh, we should introduce who we are in case you have any desire at all to wonder about who are these people? Why are we listening to them? And what qualifications do they have to talk about Hallmark movies? Well, as for qualifications, we watch Hallmark movies. I think that's an excellent <laughs> qualification. And anyone who talks about Hallmark movies should watch the Hallmark movies that they're talking about. I know yeah. plenty of people who talk um, BS about Hallmark movies who don't watch them. And that is oh. All right, well, we are lovers, not experts. But both Eleanor and I, uh, we both work in the entertainment industry. So occasionally we might use terminology that shows that we might have a little bit of insider knowledge. We have no insider knowledge for the most part in terms of how these are made and who makes them, but just generally how the industry works. And sometimes that knowledge is completely made up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then occasionally it's just uh, stuff that we were Googling while watching it going, oh, wow. Oh, that's very interesting. Oh, you know, fake it till you nice make it is what I always say. It's just there's a nice castle in Connecticut that I could go rent for a birthday party. Hmm. <laughs> so. Actually, Dan, I'm really excited this year because I know some people in Hallmark movies. I know you do. I know you know. This is amazing. You know lots of people. You know carolers. You know a director. I do. And I'm looking. This is like a teaser for the future for anyone who's listening to this absolute complete cluster of (laughs) a first podcast. But we're looking to possibly get some guest stars on our podcast. And by guest stars, I mean Christmas carolers or the director of one of the films this year. This is just a teaser. Can't guarantee that it's going to happen. But I'm reaching out to them. So... I think we should I think we should forever tease and never actually make any of it happen because I am at core a very lazy person and I don't want to do anything. Uh, Listeners, that is completely (laughs) a lie. Mr. Dan Kostelik is one of the least lazy people I know. Part of the reason why this podcast is getting thrown together today is because he has so much on his schedule. He is right. I'm also terrible. I'm terrible at planning and I love procrastinating and putting things off to the last minute. In fact, we decided we were recording this about 15 minutes ago. There you have it. (laughs) Okay, so let's get back. Hey, you're doing anything? Let's let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) So since Dan is OCD. um... (laughs) Oh, no, I'm not. I'm very ADHD. I just also like lists. Uh, Are you a Virgo, Dan? No, my wife is. My wife is a Virgo. So lists. We like things in lists. And we've got a list here of this year's Countdown to Christmas 2021 movies. And the first one that started the season was You, Me, and the Christmas Tree, starring Danica McKellar, Benjamin Ayers, and Jason Hervey. Um, So, Dan, what was your take on this one? Well, first off, you had two Wonder Years stars together on screen in the same uh, Hallmark Channel Christmas movie, one of whom played a villain, which if you go back and watch the original version of The Wonder Years, being remade right now, it is true to form. Uh, He was the villain, the older brother uh, to Kevin McAllister, whose first name, uh, not Kevin McAllister, that's Home Alone, to Kevin, (laughs) uh, our our main character played by Fred Savage, uh, his older brother, was the low-grade Hallmark movie villain in this one. And that was uh, funny because he respected the move of arresting him while at the same point uh, saying, you can't arrest me. Uh, You know what? Good move, tree lady. But you can't do this. (laughs) I thought that was fun. But 
Um, I thought this was great for Danica McKellar, who, by the way, I got to meet one time, real briefly, 12 or 13 years ago. She was a delightful person then. I enjoy watching her in all of the different Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. And this one for her was yay science because she has written several textbooks and books about math specifically aimed to young women, such as Math Doesn't Suck. <laughs> so her, <laughs> that sounds like her a great being, book. I'd read that one. It, 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 it's actually a really fun read. And she does motivational speaking to young kids, again, specifically young women, to aim them towards careers on the STEM side of things, um, specifically in the math and science departments. Uh, but also being a major proponent of it herself here on the arts side. And I, 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 I think she is just a delight. She was fun. And her co-star reminded me of one of the Property Brothers, but in a non-weird way. <laughs> well, the quick little breakdown that Hallmark provided for this is that Olivia, Danica McKellar, uh, is the state's evergreen expert coming to Jack's rescue after a mysterious illness kills nearly all the furs on his family's Christmas tree farm. And while she's searching for answers, one thing becomes abundantly clear. Olivia and Jack make a tremendous pair. And I have to say, oh. man, that was my favorite part about this movie entirely, was the use of botany puns. Oh, so many of them. <laughs> I mean, you could say there was a bushel and a pack of them. I mean, they, <laughs> like, they branched out all over the place. They couldn't leaf them alone. They would needle you constantly. I mean, they they were just, they were delightful. Um, I I was never stumped by them. I'm, I'm <laughs> a pun person. And really, I this couldn't tell. This, no, I, I really, I really put the being subtle on this. I, I was delighted by it. And I also enjoyed her last name um, for they, where they were. So they were in Avon, Connecticut. And her last name was Arden. And I felt that that was no accident at all, considering uh, a po the possible Shakespeare thing they might have been going with very slightly since there is Stratford, Connecticut right there on the Avon River. Mm -hmm. um, but also uh, Shakespeare would use Arden, the Forest of Arden, and near him uh, in Warwickshire in uh, England was the Arden Forest, a different forest. His mother's family name was Arden, but then beyond that, just the Forest of Arden. So if you're ignoring the entire Shakespeare connection at all, which granted I'm putting there because it was not put out in any other way by the movie itself. This uh, moment brought to you by Shakespeare Approves. <laughs> uh, maker of such plays as Macbeth, Death by Fluffy Kittens, and Are You There, God? It's me, Shakespeare, and Titus Andronicus, you know, for kids. So uh, her having a foresty last name and being an arborist, or the Christmas tree whisperer, as they called her, uh, I, I thought was fantastic. I thought that was great naming. And that's something that happens a lot in these movies, that people have fantastic names. I also really liked this one because of her, her character was so different than a lot of the characters that she typically plays. Words didn't come easy to her. Ah! She was so private and she was not exuding the typical Christmas Danica that we see in so many of these movies. In yeah. fact, she was very cautious and it was, uh, Benjamin Ayer's character who really drew her out and got her involved in all of the Christmas. She really didn't want to have anything to do with Christmas, but not in an aggressive fashion. It was just like, I'm going to go up and do my science now. You yeah. know? And I like and that. Also, and that could have been also simply for the fact that she was supposed to get married at Christmas time. And the broken engagement, which happened off screen, but we dealt with throughout the the movie. 
brought up too many uh, comparisons with Christmas. So that since it was supposed to be a Christmas wedding, any mention of Christmas made her think of the broken engagement. And any thought of the broken engagement made her think of Christmas. So they were sadly tied together. I don't think if that's the case that they did a good enough job of of making that point of, ooh, ooh, maybe, ah, let's give you a good Christmas memory in order to uh, offset the bad the bad one here. Uh, but otherwise, I thought they did it really well of just, she wasn't hostile to Christmas. It's just not my thing. Not my thing. I don't want to do it. No, thank you. I like a plain Christmas tree. I like a plain cup of cocoa. She's like, I want the tree <laughs> to stand for itself. I love the tree. I love the nature. I want yeah. it to be there. That being said, when and, she got into the cocktail contest, she came up with mm-hmm. the best cocktail. But yeah, as she said, science for the win. So hashtag science for the win. So, so. let's move on because we've we're, we're gonna, this podcast is going to be hours long. Yeah, it, it's going to be five hours long. We'll talk about four minutes of a of an of a movie, and that'll be it. But real quick, what would you rate this out of five stars? What would you give it? I would get this one maybe a four and a half. Four and a half. I I think that's a good, I think that's a good uh, ranking. I want to yeah, leave I'll, some space I'll, I'll for the rest too. of the season, um, but I think it was a really good start to the season. Sure. Yeah. I'll give that a strong four and a half as well. But we then move into a movie I am not going to give four and a half stars to. Neither am I. <laughs> Boyfriends of Christmas Past. Ugh. I so wanted this to be good. I I mean, I obviously want them all to be good because I like Hallmark movies, but I was really looking forward to this because I like takes on a Christmas carol. And whenever that happens in a Hallmark movie, I always find it fun and delightful. And this one had good lines. It had good moments. But it was a... It, it it was hard. It was hard to get through. I think what the hardest part for me was is that I don't want to say I didn't like her, meaning the actress, mm-hmm. but I didn't like the character of Lauren. No, I, not at all. I felt like she was, she didn't have much redeeming for her. I didn't understand why um, her romantic interest, why he wanted to keep pursuing this she was obviously pushing him away constantly um Mm -hmm. they were supposedly best friends and yet i feel like she had no interest in his life she was so self-absorbed um and i have no idea why he would continue to want to have her in his life (laughs) yeah um agreed and at one point i was like you know what the the other woman that comes into the picture i'm like you know what go with her She's, yeah. she's great. She she liked you so much. Although I did enjoy at the let's decorate the town square where apparently only five people showed up because that's all the budget they had for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, for what looked like a reasonably sized uh, suburban <laughs> town square. Um, he was so very much just not picking up what she was putting down. <laughs> She's like, hey, we could go get coffee. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's put that on the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, woo, right over his head. It was, that was genuinely funny how they did it. Yeah. Of She has this huge smile on her face. She's being fl- a little flirty, and he's just very business like, oh, great, thanks. Thanks for being here, and uh, you were a huge help. And uh, coffee sounds good. There were moments, I feel, that shone. I liked when her last love interest came into the picture, her most recent boyfriend passed, and they were, I guess they were ziplining. That scene between the two of them, honestly, I felt was the best written scene in the entire show. It felt very honest and that particular relationship felt extremely honest. And when he's saying, you know, this is the reason why your relationships fail. I mean, of course that's gonna be the, it was at the penultimate moment of the show. So here we are at the apex, it's gonna build to that point. That should be the best part of the movie. I just had wished some of the earlier things had been at the same level. And 
I also wished, and this is so superficial, but I wish the boyfriends looked less similar. <laughs> they all seem to have like this little like unshaven beard thing going on, yeah. you know. And the only one that was really different was the the teenage boyfriend who had the the curly mop of hair, the skater boy. Yeah. He had one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie, which even though the scene itself was very stilted, the joke itself was solid where he's trying to remember what he's about to tell her. He's like, you're going to be visited by three more uh, ex-boyfriends who will... Hold on, I texted it to myself. And he pulls out the little Nokia brick. Uh, I missed that part. I don't know how brings it up. Him. Brings it up. He's like, and then he gives the very specific language he was to use to show you exactly where you have gone wrong in your life. He goes, yeah, I texted it to myself so I wouldn't forget. That was a solid joke. And right. I felt that this was revisited to go put in a few extra jokes. But it, what it really could have used instead of just sweetening was another rewrite or two of just like, let's go through and make it work the whole way through. Like, uh, you, me, and the Christmas trees just flowed very nicely. And then the the next movie, the Santa Stakeout, all flowed very nicely. It, this oh, wasn't look. the worst one I've ever seen, but it, it wasn't great. No, I'd, I'd give it maybe... Two and a half stars. I would go two. I would go two stars two. for me. The mm. half, I think, comes from that one moment near the end when she sees the all four boyfriends out the window. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that moment. And I, I really enjoyed her parents also. The, talking about yeah, the her additional dad was characters. Fun. Yeah, they, they were really fantastic. The two actors who played those parts, they just had this really loving relationship her dad it was her mm -hmm. dad and her stepmom stepmother uh, I, yes i thought that was really beautiful and the way that they handled her and her obvious angst about the christmas season but overall not my favorite hallmark but that's okay because you know what you made up for it a little bit in the santa stakeout Santa's Stakeout. That was a delight. It might as well been an episode of Psych monk. for how, psych, or not, not quite Monk, but Psych for just how silly and delightful Definitely. it Definitely. That's actually how I felt when I watched it. I was like, oh, I've got this feeling of the golden era of the USA Network when they had these uh, really fun, quirky characters and quirky storylines. And that's how I felt Santa's Stakeout was. It was just... Quirky and amusing, light. Yeah, and and our two leads were great. Um, Tamara Maori and Billy from Battlestar Galactica. Um, <laughs> Yay, sci-fi! Woo! I, uh, audience, you're just going to get used to, you're going to have to get used to me jumping back and forth between character names of people in different properties <laughs> and real names of them that would and be then... paul campbell by the way <laughs> paul campbell there paul we go campbell. billy no he's billy in battlestar galactica he is president Roslin's aide from seasons one and two <laughs> now i found this where he had to go really, off and get famous really endearing um it, it was light there wasn't much depth to the script but that was okay no but they made up for it with really fun character stuff Yes. And giving them enough to do, enough of a plot to keep moving forward. Right. And it genuinely allowed them to get to know each other as people before introducing the element of romance. True. Because I think the element of romance was only even brought up in one line by, I want to say, her sister earlier when she's like oh yeah my partner ryan uh he, he he he's so annoying and she's like oh is ryan attractive I was like i don't know what that has to do with it, it like, <laughs> he's my partner i thought that uh was a really good way of dealing with it that they had to get to know each other because they were forced into the situation not just as work partners but now they're undercover as a married couple and since they're newlyweds, they're allowed to not know things about each other. Exactly. I thought that worked really, really well. 
I loved the scene where they're telling how they met their made up story mm -hmm. of how they met. And uh, Jamara Mowry's character is very straight laced. She's like, I've got the story. I have it memorized. And he does not. No, <laughs> she, he does not. She totally rescues him in that moment. And then I think the other thing that I loved was the Christmas caroling scene. Oh yeah, when he drops his badge. When he drops his badge and one of the other guys is like, did I see a police badge? And she gets out there and she just belts her face off. It was so awkward and yet so endearing. It really did. It reminded me of an episode of Psych. It would totally yeah, it, be something that James Roday would have done. He would just thrown himself out there. Yeah. And all you need is Gus with his super sniffer. And uh, <laughs> now I need, you know what I need? And Crown Media, listen, I, I, know, I know you're listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> I need you to put together another psych reunion movie, but it's a Hallmark Channel movie. So we can just make it as cheesy as possible. We have all of our characters while at the same point, somebody learns a very valuable Christmas lesson. And so this would be like a psych reunion movie 2.1, I 2. guess. 2.5. 2.5. 2. 2. 2. 2.0 um, 2. was Lassie Come Home. Yes. And 3 is coming out. 3 is coming out. So this will be 2.5. 2.5 in between. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and... Psych and meets Hallmark. Just make it... Just make it happen. Make make it happen. Just, James Roday is, is famous for making things on uh, very short notice. So just go in, shoot it next week after this podcast drops. <laughs> Let everybody know. And then squeeze it in. James Roday and Dulé Hill can totally improv the entire thing. That'll be... And you know what? And it'll be a musical, too. So that'll be the best part. But well, I mean, they had a they had as their their supposed villain the entire movie Cipher from the Matrix, and he was just like the sweetest old guy. He's just, just like, oh no, come on! Oh, you need to come over and try the cocoa. Dave, we can get a flight of cocoa. By the way, where were they that they can get a flight of hot cocoa? I don't what, know, but I want to go this? there. What is this magical wonderland apparently in Denver? I mean, I, I, uh If you're listening from Denver and you know where this place is, let us know. Also, two movies in two weeks that take place in Denver or in the surrounding area, by the way. Very true. So Den Denver's this year's Connecticut, it seems. So Apparently. Although I think all of them are still being filmed in Connecticut. <laughs> Even the Denver ones? Uh, a lot of them are. A lot of this oh. year's Hallmark movies are filmed in Connecticut. Also, this uh, movie really made use of what I like to think of as the Hallmark stable of actors. Supporting actors from previous Hallmark movies made strong appearances in this. The mayor of the Hallmark film that focused on getting a Christmas tree for the town and was on private property. He was a, he was a firefighter. Oh, that was last year's, yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so that was another he, Colorado he, movie. Yeah, um, it was another Colorado movie. So maybe he's a Colorado based. It's like, nope, every movie I do, it has to be based in Colorado. Colorado. All right, all right, fine, fine. But he was the mayor last time and he was the retiring police captain this time. And I thought it was fun. I love it when actors get work, especially character actors. Oh, yeah. And Hallmark Channel loves to do that with people. Yes. Uh, you want to come in and work constantly? Both of us we're character actors, Hallmark, just so you know. Right hey, here. Hey, remember how USA Network used to do it? Hallmark, come on. You're the new USA Network. Accept it. All right. I would give this one, again, four and a half out of five stars. I think that's a pretty good estimate. I'll stick with four and a half as well. Yeah. I felt that the ending was a little sloppy, but the rest of the movie was really, really solid and great. I actually, you know, what I would like to see, we've got a lot of Hallmark legacies. We have lots of movies that they do year after year after year. Like you had the Evergreen series. You had a couple other different series of Hallmark Christmas movies that happened like three years in a row. I would mm -hmm. like to see that with these characters, with the Santa Stakeout. Yes. Something else, like do another silly Christmas mystery. I think it's fun. Yeah. That, I think that would be great. Just do constant ones with them and 
it could be another like like whereas there was the movie stakeout and then another stakeout this could be the santa stakeout another santa stakeout <laughs> or do like Treated the snickerdoodle way. stakeout let's keep with like various christmas things got the santa, stakeout themes yes the stocking stakeout the snickerdoodle but you bring stakeout. if it's the snickerdoodle stakeout um bring everybody from this one in as supporting characters so that they come in and assist with it. It's like, oh, oh, you need to up your cookie game if you really want to get get in with that group over there. Oh, <laughs> so it would well, be. I mean, they're it old would be friends delightful. now. So even though oh. they accused him of being a thief, they're all friends now. Oh yeah, they're all friends now. And the one, um, the other old guy, he was the innkeeper in another one from last year. So it's just so so much fun stuff but that moves us into christmas and harmony oh that was fun christmas and harmony was fun i yes <laughs> i haven't finished this one to be completely honest i've missed the last 15 minutes oh no and i want to watch the last 15 minutes just to finish it but honestly it wasn't one of my favorites dan oh no and i really oh. really wanted it to be i love loretta divine she she's just so much fun and uh i guess it's ashley murray is the the new young thing that they have in this one she is so adorable she was really great really honestly she's josie from josie and the pussycats on riverdale oh okay yeah, I had not mm -hmm. seen her before. Um, my issues weren't with the cast. My issues were with- Cast was great. Overproduction of musical numbers. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, I get that. I was watching it with my, I was watching it with my wife who uh, just keeps texting me right now. <laughs> She's like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, recording a podcast. <laughs> That's the vibration she, you heard a few minutes ago, my and, friends. And, oh, you could hear that. I'm so sorry. I, I never have the ringer on. Oh, all right. So, hold on. I'm texting her. Recording a podcast. <laughs> a podcast. You know so. we're totally keeping this part in, by the way. Sure, of course. <laughs> um, I was watching it with her. I said, and the first time that we hear her sing when she uh, and Kyle are in the vestibule at the church when it's being debated who's going to be the choir director we hear uh, him sing and it sounded natural and diegetic in the scene didn't yes. still sound like it was sweetened just sounds like he has a great voice and was he popped it out right then and there and then she sings and it sounded like it was done on another day yeah. and it was a beautiful voice and you can tell it is her voice but it didn't look like it was coming out of her mouth in that moment in time. It actually felt too powerful for the moment. And then again, when she was with the one girl, uh, Tiffany, I don't know why I remember that background person's name, uh, when they were with her to try to get her to be the Christmas star instead of uh, Michelle Williams' singer character. Mellow um, When it was like, oh, she's not going to be able to come. It was... I, oh, why aren't you sure what you want? Okay, I want this. And she goes in and hits it. And it's like, no, that's not how that would happen. Also, she's not warmed up. How would she hit that note? Um. <laughs> well, and there was just too much reverb. And it was really, like, as an audio person, here you had the piano playing. The piano had no reverb on it. And if there's going to be that reverb, it's going to be reverb from the space. They're not on a microphone. So there shouldn't be that yeah. much reverb on her voice. There should be the same amount of reverb on her voice as there is on the piano. And it was not that case at all. They like just amplified her so much. The same thing when they did the Christmas caroling. So here goes this beautiful gospel choir going out Christmas caroling. I want to hear the gospel choir Christmas caroling. I don't want to hear suddenly a studio produced gospel choir with backup piano and other instruments Christmas caroling. The instruments aren't there. And then if they were gonna do that, let's do it as though it's full on a musical and make that the mm -hmm. premise yes. every single time we hear someone sing. Yeah. But it was like, here we are backup instrumentalists. And then suddenly the last person sings and it's like, where's the backups? And we're real Hallmark now. Cha Hallmark Channel has a weird tendency to overproduce the music whenever it happens in their movies. Whether it's a soloist 
um, singing or it's we're dancing to music in a scene. You'll see four people in the background strumming on guitars, but you, the music you're hearing is piano. And <laughs> you know, um, there's hits and there's misses because I do feel like yeah. last year's uh, I think it was called A Royal Christmas, maybe the one with Aaron Tveit and Laura Osnes, all the Broadway stars. Mm -hmm. And my friends from uh, the Christmas caroling group in Connecticut. Um, yes. The Yuletide Carolers, I think is what they uh, their title is. They did not overproduce that one. That one just felt very organic musically. Yes and no, because I just rewatched that one the really? other day. It was on. Yes. And with that one, the Christmas caroling, when they were at the candlelight Christmas caroling celebration, felt incredibly musical theater and not real at all as in her best friend the mayor she started singing the christmas carol uh, joy to the world and then laura osnes character uh came in with the next line no one else is singing and then the prince sang a line and then everybody sang and then laura osnes and the prince sang another line of piece it's just like that's not how that works it's not like okay and now you sing it, it that's not how <laughs> christmas caroling goes unless everybody's in on it True. and especially if it's a town everybody here let's please sing that actually took me out of the scene but see that's that's a staging thing i i understand that I guess my issue is more of a an audio engineering thing. The overproduction yes. versus I, I can handle the gimmick if we're doing it like this is a musical and this exactly. is a moment. And especially since that one was loaded with Broadway stars, it did not bother me that it was a musical moment. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But to take that moment and add this extra production without it, I don't know, it just... It didn't work for me. I, I can't even put it into words. I should be able to because this is a podcast, but I can't. Yeah. No, just... no, no. It that that is perfectly fine. It you're right though. It is it did have an overproduced feel. In, and the in other that thing regard. that irked me about it as a musician was when they were both trying to conduct the choir at the same time. I understand that the gimmick and the drama comes from the fact that oh, uh, Loretta Devine has convinced the deacon of the church to let her daughter be the music director and somebody else has mm -hmm. gotten the love interest. I can't remember his name. Uh, Luke James is the actor, it looks like here. Kyle. Uh, Kyle to be the music director. And oh, we want to get them back together because they were loves in high school and we want this to happen. So we're going to make them co-music directors. But from a musical standpoint, you can't have two different people conducting a choir simultaneously. You yes. can take turns. One can conduct this piece. One can conduct that piece. But the choir is not going to know who to look at. <laughs> it just ugh, drove me crazy. Yes. <laughs> no. There were, there were certain logical fallacies that wasn't even like, oh, this is the buy-in. Let's do that. Uh, well, but I, I overall enjoyed it a lot. Um, I would give it a three and a half stars because there were some annoying parts but i gotta say loretta divine whenever she was on screen she was wacky and i loved it um like she's just going off about prunes and <laughs> let's put prunes into cobbler and there was a great line when her when there's a great line when uh, her daughter shows up, when Harmony shows up at the house, and she's like, I was going to come get you. I had a slice of the prune cobbler ready to go in my purse for you. And she's like, let me go get it for you now. Mama, as great as that sounds, um, I'm all good right now on uh, purse prunes. And yes. it's just like, that, that was great. And it's just like, fantastic line. Her rambling on, just like, character. oh. I, like, I, I need to that. come back. I need to come back tomorrow when I have my senior citizen discount. These people think too highly of themselves. If you're going to pay two forty five dollars for an apple while she's holding an orange, I have to point <laughs> out. she is, The woman is holding an orange, and she says the line about an apple, and they keep it. Yep. And, that is, and that is just also part of the charm of these Hallmark movies. They're like, hey, w uh, good enough. Move. Next scene. Let's go. I don't know. I call we that have, comic we, genius, actually. But, that and purse prunes. That and also, we have nine days to make this, people. <laughs> we have nine days. Go! 
<laughs> I, I'm going to give it a solid three um, because okay. you're right, those moments did amuse me. And I really did like the actors in this film. Um, yeah. I also loved the fact that Michelle Williams character's name was Mello D. Yeah. M-E-L-O-D. Star. D. And uh, and you had melody and harmony, and I liked that balance. I also it was nice. Throw a shout out to Harmony's uh, friend back at her production company at her record mm -hmm. label, the friend that still has her job and is like texting her. And she was just yeah. so adorable. She was fun. I wish I knew that actress's name. I will look it up. Uh, but she was really really cute, and I liked that. So a solid three. Not my favorite so far this season, but definitely not my least favorite so far this season. So. Okay. Well, that brings us into Coyote Creek Christmas. This was fantastic. I had so much fun watching this one. I did too. It I had, really for the guy, the it, th this shows how much research I put into this, people. Again, lovers, not experts. And I'm not even bringing up stats <laughs> like cast lists um the star of timeless christmas from last year where he was the time traveling engineer and our actress who is from hawaii everybody's relationships were fun the only thing for me was the kid child actors they are so hit or miss and i felt in large part this kid uh precocious though he was annoyed me a lot but you know, and it's funny i liked him until i texted you and i texted uh, you and you're like he's getting <laughs> crazy and then i started to look at him a little closer and i was like damn it yeah <laughs> Why <did you laughs> me? but the every adult's reactions to him were spot on we're just yeah. like yeah sure yeah that makes sense <laughs> Well, and that's when I started like super analyzing it because one of the things I love that they worked into his character script wise was this kid was obsessed with language and the word of the day. So he's working on his vocabulary. And I like that because I'm a word person as well. But it started to irk me that he pronounced every single word correctly, because if you're a seven year old and you're learning new words, you're going to mispronounce them every once in a while. You're, you're going to yeah. put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. It just happens. And that started to bother me. <laughs> However, they did do it rather nice at the very end. I don't remember the, what the word was that she used, but he said, oh, what's that mean? And then she explains and it sums up uh, all of her feelings uh, there at the end of the movie. And I thought that was a nice, let's bring it all full circle. And but overall, this, was, I, this was a cute movie. Yeah, I think so. I liked uh, the premise of the the town marmot, Charlotte the marmot. Oh, that was funny. I loved that how they, funny they running brought gag. that back. Um, I love the supporting characters, uh, the chef and the um, mm -hmm. was she head of housekeeping? Was that her job? Yeah, the um, housekeeper. Yes. They were so cute together, and at the end of the movie when the main character she has worked so hard to create this christmas around the world and this really beautiful party for christmas at her parents inn and suddenly they recognize you've done everything to honor all of our guests but you've done nothing to show why we're special you've done nothing to honor coyote creek and yeah. she finds a way to bring in a little bit of something that helps the guests remember the inn as it's closing. Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful. There is a, a trend in Hallmark Christmas movies I've noticed, Dan, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but of like the fantastical inn or hotel, the holiday inn. Ah. Um, that brings people back year after year after year. They always come back to this place for Christmas. Yes. I don't know if that happens in real life. <laughs> I've never experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a it's a it's a neat conceit, and I think it's one of those things that people buy in, even though. It's for the most part, it's a thing our main characters most of the time don't do. They're like, we could never go away for Christmas. We need to be here as a family. But we're gonna <laughs> but, run this hotel where everybody else travels for Christmas. Yes, because they depend on us. We are their Christmas tradition. It's just like, 
but you can't go away for Christmas trip. Okay, sure. <laughs> but it, 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 it's a fun conceit, and of course we buy it. We're like, yes, of course. Why would it be different than that? But uh, I think it goes back things. Holiday Inn. I really do think it goes back to you know Bing Crosby and sure. uh, that era of film where there's a place that people will gather, a place that they feel home. Their cheers, for lack sure. of sure, it's their Christmas cheers. Okay, yeah. Such a problematic movie now, Holiday Inn. Uh, well, it was a problematic movie then because they took a lot of the musical numbers and they changed them for three other subsequent movies. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but there were, I, I felt, a few possible missed opportunities for this one because it's a Christmas movie and they named their development corporation Bailey Brothers Development. And I'm like, oh, it's a wonderful life. The one's going to be Uncle Billy, and then the other one's going to be either George or Peter, or even have it be George and his brother, Harry. I'm a huge It's a Wonderful Life fan. And that was neither of their names. No one was Peter. No one was George. No one was Billy. No one was Harry. And I'm like, uh, all right, cool, whatever. But then the fix at the end of it was his company is still buying the inn. Like, her parents were like, towards the end of the movie, well, we didn't know you wanted to buy the inn and take over the ownership. They didn't have paperwork signed yet to sell it. It's just like, oh, well, you know what? There's, we don't want to be rude. I felt like that's what it boiled down to. We don't want to be rude to this multi-million, possibly multi-billion dollar company. I mean, although I think in this case, multi-million dollar company, because they're like, this acquisition could put us on the map. So... There were uh, some problems. It. There definitely yeah, were it, problems. Yeah, it's just like, so, and so the fix was, we're going to redesign it, but just expand it. And we're going to put up, like, the glamping tents, and that's going to become a permanent feature. And so Bailey Brothers Development will own it, but then you will run it. It's like, so, I can be fired from my family's inn at any issue. time. By my new boyfriend. And By my brother. new boyfriend's uh, brother. <laughs> they don't mention that part because it's the end of the movie. But it's like, come on. Come on. You know, it's like what they should have done is like, all right, you know what? I I don't want to buy this. You, This is your dream. You own this. Hire us to come in and redevelop the property for you. Boom. There you go. Fixed it fixed it that's why this movie's not getting five stars from me l that's why well i'll give you another reason why it's not getting five stars from me and it, it goes back to the very beginning and i it's that willful suspension of disbelief moment mm -hmm. yeah um why why would her parents not tell her that they're selling the inn before christmas so mm -hmm. that she can actually enjoy the final christmas as the final christmas instead yeah. they're gonna keep it a secret and not do any of the normal Christmas stuff that they always do. Nah, we're not going to bother with that because we don't have the energy for it. And they're going to let her have a lackluster final Christmas and then say, by the way, surprise, we're selling the end. Also, you're, you're doing all of that and not telling your most loyal employees. I can understand not telling uh, your dishwasher if they're a new kid or something, but... The cook and your head of housekeeping, and, and then the Quinn, who, yeah, uh, who do all this stuff, and they've been with you forever. You're not telling them, really, really. Mmm, that that mm, that's that is bad practice. That is bad business practice. And I understand people do that. And you're like, you know what? Not your business until it is. But it's like, hey. This is our last year. You got to tell people. And it's a family inn that's been a family inn for multi-generations. Exactly. It's not just that this couple decided to open up this inn. It was the grandparents' inn and even maybe the great-grandparents? Yeah, something like that. It's at least, yeah. At least two generations, yeah. if not three. Pa Paige would have been the third, if not fourth generation to run the inn. Exactly. And it's just like, come on. No. That no. Being you said, know what? Her parents get her parents are a cute couple, but they are ter 
they are terrible business owners and, and not parents. and not and, and not and not for and not for the yeah and terrible parents and not for the whole thing of like oh well you guys are turning a profit and all that like why are you closing what why are you selling and it's just like oh you might you might know what you're doing monetarily but you don't know how to retain the loyalty and love of your employees and apparently you don't know how to deal with your adult child because this woman is obviously somewhere in her 30s and you're like oh no she's so emotionally fragile <laughs> we it's like she has a decent reasonably high power fun ish corporate job uh where <laughs> she's like you know what i want to take everything i learned in the corporate world and i want to bring it home to you know what i was going to give this movie a higher ranking and you're getting me upset and it's going to have a lower ranking because oh. of her parents let me I let wanna... me help you though let me let me help you bring it back up dan just a little bit uh, go ahead. it was a nice moment though where we saw an lgbtq couple portrayed in this film as well happening more and more in hallmark movies it was there was another one blink and you miss them but there was another one in um ghost of boyfriend's past as well true but this one was actually a plot line it wasn't just like oh here we've got you know the fun gay couple at the christmas party uh yeah. this was actually a plot line and i feel like it was a decently well written plot line and really also kind of cute. It, it was cute also it is painful. It is physically painful for me to watch two smart people be so stupid. I had to write that line down because that was good. <laughs> that was a good line. Yes. Mm. So, so I, I give Hallmark credit for actually bringing that to the forefront. And it, yeah. it's been a progress over the past several years. We were a little disappointed last year. What was the movie that was supposed to be the one with a big LGBTQ plot line? Um, um, that was Christmas House. Yeah, and it ended up being the secondary plot line. And this was yet again a secondary plot line. But I feel like the secondary plot lines are getting more flushed out instead of yes. just the like the old Christmas in Evergreen where you're like, you know that that's a gay couple. We all know they're a gay couple, but we're not going to say it. You know, so I feel like Hallmark's getting there. They're definitely giving more when it comes to casting diversity, uh, storyline diversity, and LGBTQ diversity. Now, Hallmark, I'm going to put this out there for you, though. Give me some more plus-sized women. We fall in love, too. I want to see plus-sized women. <laughs> Look, until it happens on Hallmark Channel, I don't believe it. That's <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Thanks. To it. Yeah, I live a is. loveless life. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> Hallmark oh. plus size. That's where it's at. We buy most of the clothing in this country. We've got money and we're watching you. That's all I have to say. I'm here. I'm ready to be your plus size star. That's it. <laughs> Dan you heard is it here, Hallmark. You heard it. I, my brain is going to titles for uh for hallmark movies that are based on being plus sized like, lots to love right here lots to love i was gonna say supersize my holiday um okay dan but i'm like do we want to get mcdonald's involved with this no <laughs> unless they want to sponsor us <laughs> mcdonald's hey how you doing i back when i could have dairy mcdonald's I would love the shamrock shake. And uh, granted, this isn't shamrock shake time, but that was my favorite thing. And really, shamrock shake time dairy. isn't even shamrock shake time. It's mint. <laughs> Why is a mint a, a thing for St. Patrick's because Day? Because it is green and people wants it. People wants it, precious. It's fine. <laughs> Overall, though, I would give this movie probably four stars. I, I enjoyed it. Four out of five. I think I would agree with you on that. I would give it a four. Okay. I mean, the number Even went down for a little bit as I was getting mad at her parents. And it still might. But you know what? I'm locked in at four. All right. Let's let's do the final one, which I still haven't actually seen. Oh, so this one's all up to me. Yeah, you Christmas go ahead. Sale. Uh, overall, I liked it. Um, it was one of those Hallmark movies where we're going to go to the ocean. We're going to go to the lovely little uh, coastal town 
it was a father and a daughter who have been estranged. In many ways, I actually thought this might have been a Miracles of Christmas movie versus The Countdown to Christmas. Um, it looked almost like a uh, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries Christmas yes, movie. exactly. It was good. I really, really enjoyed the relationship between our two love interests. It was subtle and quiet. They knew each other. They knew each other very well. They were high school besties. And it turns out that they had always had feelings for each other in high school. But it wasn't like hit you over the head. It wasn't, you know, oh, you know, here he comes. He's always had a thing for her and she's coming back to town. There wasn't this extra drama. It was just quiet. It was a very quiet Christmas film. The mm. the drama came with the father who is having trouble handling Christmas since mom died. And there's this big competition in town for the sailboat with the best Christmas lights. Now, it's, it's very Hallmark. It's also very not middle America. You know, you look at this, you're, these people have money. <laughs> they have to have money because they all have sailboats. <laughs> and how many people can relate to that? But there's definitely a little bit of fantasy involved in this, like dream acquirement that, oh, one day I might be the person that owns a sailboat that I can decorate with Christmas lights and have in a giant oceanside Christmas parade. But for the sake of argument, let's say you live, you're a regular person living in Martha's Vineyard and like going in with the- Wait, and regular person a, living in Martha's Vineyard? I need you to buy in with me. I need you to pretend that you are a citizen in the fictitious world of Martha's Vineyard or Nantucket that was established in the TV series Wings from the 1990s, okay? okay. Where Timothy Busfield <laughs> is your pilot, okay? And Tony Shalhoub is your cat is your cat. Thank you, Tony Shalhoub. <clears throat> there are regular people, or at least were regular people living in these vacation towns and still are who, you know, they own sailboats and stuff. Whether you're a lakeside place or you're a seaside town, there are still normal or normal adjacent uh, in terms of incomes, uh, people who are around. So you don't necessarily have to uh, be uh, a rich muckety muck in order to afford that. And I think, well, oh, and I, and that's also I think part of the lie we all still tell ourselves that that's attainable. And that is actually in this case one of the issues is that these people, the main characters, are dealing with financial hardship. So okay, the main female protagonist uh, has moved away from home. She doesn't do Christmas at home anymore because dad hasn't made Christmas a enjoyable thing to celebrate. And she has a young daughter. I actually think you'll really like the child in this one. She is extremely sweet, very natural in her portrayal of being a child. She's a child being a child and she does it well, which is mm -hmm. hard for child actors a lot of the time because they're like, I am acting she's just very natural and there's a moment that she has with her grandfather that's extremely sweet where they um are trying to collect things for a local charity and they go over the top that's really really beautiful but grandpa's about to lose his house and mm. he's also going to probably lose the boat which they didn't even realize they still had uh, it was something that was very near and dear to grandma, who's now gone. And grandpa kind of let his daughter believe that he had sold the boat when he hadn't. And this competition with the Christmas lights on the boats for the Christmas light parade is for money. So they might win this $25,000 pot, which will allow him to keep his house. And of course, it's Hallmark. I think you can figure out what happens. But the love story is really, really sweet. And it happens very organically. It, it's not so much about the love story in this one as it is about getting that boat into shape for this parade and raising the money so the dad can keep his home. And the other thing I like about this one, and I, yeah, spoiler alert, I'm giving away the ending. We give away the ending on all of these. That's, that's true. Uh, but the couple actually compromises she doesn't give up her life in Seattle to come back to this portside town. And he doesn't give up his life in the portside town to move to Seattle to be with her. But he's like, you know what? I might take this gig in Seattle that I can help build this new thing there. And she's like, well, I was thinking I might come home and visit dad more often. It's like, oh, 
we're going to pursue a long distance relationship and not dive in head first. Mm -hmm. It was real. And I, I like liked it. that. I liked that a lot. Well, how many stars are you going to give it? I'm going to give it four and a half. All right. Yeah. So I'm we haven't had that any. Five. I'm saving that five for something that really, really hits me because there were some slow moments. But there was also another set of beautiful side characters. The male love interest's mother. She was really, really wonderful. Granddad's new love interest, also really sweet. So I think it's a solid four and a half stars. Excellent. Well, we're saving that five for uh, one of the future movies. Maybe it'll happen this coming weekend where we have Gingerbread Miracle on Friday. Next Stop Christmas on Saturday or A Christmas Treasure on Sunday. Out of those three, L, I have to say I'm really looking forward to Next Stop Christmas. Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson in a time travel movie where he's also a train conductor with a mustache basically doing a weird CGI Tom Hanks impression. I love <laughs> so... it. Well, and you've got two time travelers there because you've got, and from the same, from the same. From the series. same franchise. Exactly. Well, and also this is one of them that's going to have the Connecticut Yuletide carolers. Ooh. So I'm going to see if I can reach out to maybe find a caroler or two to tell us a little bit about their experience on set. With oh, that'll be fun. Hallmark Christmas movie. That's my goal for this week. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's, that's great. Oh, I want that to happen. And what uh, did you say the one that's premiering on Friday is called? Gingerbread Miracle. Can you tell me who's in that? Yes, actually, I can tell you who's in that because I was able to get it up on my screen fast enough. All right. Uh, Gingerbread Miracle is starring some uh, woman. I Oh, Merritt Patterson. I was going to say a woman I've seen in a lot. Merritt Patterson and John Ecker are the romantic leads of Gingerbread Mirror. It looks like they switched up their plans because originally I had Open by Christmas on Friday, mm. November 5th. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going off of the uh, Countdown to Christmas PDF that they sent out and then also the HallmarkChannel.com uh, uh, schedule and everything, which both say Friday, November 5th at 8, 7 central. Well, you have a more accurate list than I do. Goodhousekeeping.com, update your schedule, please. <laughs> I'll send you my PDF as soon as we uh, are done recording. Uh, like <laughs> oh, this uh, is going to be fun to edit. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? You know what? Leave it all in. Leave it all in. But... Uh, this will be the longest episode by far that we do, friends. Maybe we'll even break it up into two episodes. Just, like, release them the same day, but boo-boo. Just so you, like, you know what? I can't listen to this the whole time. But if you like us, please uh, go and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and uh, the podcatcher of your choice. And also, uh, please, 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 please go give us random follows on the social medias you can follow me at dan costellic on twitter and eleanor where can people find you they can find me on facebook at ella nora actress that's spelled e-l-l-a-n-o-r-a actress and uh also people who are listening now as of right now we are the untitled hallmark Christmas, well, Hallmark movie. Hallmark Channel movie podcast. Yeah, that's it. That's our title as of right now. Um, the untitled we are Hallmark looking Channel for a podcast. title for this podcast. So if you have something really clever, we might consider changing the title of our podcast for you. So please make sure you give us suggestions. You can send them to either Dan or I, Dan on his Twitter, me on my Facebook, and uh, maybe we'll come up with a different name, but I kind of like it. Yeah, you remember. know, you know what? Maybe we'll just change it every week for the winning, for the, for, for the for the winning uh, entry. It's just like you know what? I like that one. That one. That's, that's what, what we did last year week. with Fräulein Elsa's Christmas Corner. It just kept getting longer. The title. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's where this started. Um, but friends, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, go eat some gingerbread. Drink some hot cocoa. Make sure it's the best hot cocoa award-winning flight of Ma hot cocoa while you're at it flight of hot cocoa make sure it's famous hot cocoa if it's not famous hot cocoa or 
are you even trying? I mean, no. <laughs> homemade marshmallows, put a pine needle or two in your cocktail. Yeah, use science for the win. And get ready for <laughs> the next two months of Christmas with Dan and Elle. We're ready. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. If you're not on this podcast, then it's no L. Oh. I'm going to laugh like I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Be good, friends. Bye bye. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Remember when we said we were going to keep it short and sweet? <laughs> oh, I, at points I was trying. The problem is, is when you and I get together, we just like to talk. Next time I'll just have a clock up on screen. Going, just here's our countdown. Go. We've got we're still countdown. recording though. Oh, we're still I know, recording. I'm, I'm keeping it going just in case we come up with something clever as we're just chit chatting right now. <laughs> I, I enjoy the, like, if you play outro music and you said, remember at the beginning when we said we we're going to keep it short and sweet? That would be funny to keep in. Also, um, like, right before right before the music starts, because, like, uh, we're like, are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's do this. And then play the music? That'd be funny. Yeah.